Welcome back to Brailcast, the official podcast of the Brailists Foundation. And coming up this time... We sell Braille displays from two companies, Eurobraille, and I'm proud to be a distributor of Visio Braille because I think they're some of the best hardware in the world. Braille displays and other products from Computer Room Services. Before we get started, though, some news from the Brailleists Foundation. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll notice that we've been noticeable by our absence. That's because we have been taking a summer break. We finished activities at the end of July with the book club. We're having August off to rest and recuperate and recharge our batteries. And we'll be back with the book club on Thursday, the 2nd of September. And then we'll start with our masterclasses on Tuesday the 7th of September. Our first masterclass will be about using braille displays on the internet and will be presented by Dave Williams. However, we can't go completely on holiday because Site Village will be taking place today and tomorrow if you're listening to this as the episode goes to publication. Tuesday the 17th of August and Wednesday the 18th of August at its home venue of Queen Alexandra College on Court Oak Road, Harborn, Birmingham, B179TG. It'll be open 9am to 5pm on Tuesday the 17th and 9am to 3.30pm on Wednesday the 18th and you have to book tickets. If you'd like to book tickets, there'll be a link in the show notes. There are still a few spaces available and you have to book either for a morning or an afternoon slot. Please note that there are social distancing measures and coronavirus measures in place, including mandatory wearing of face coverings and uh, an inability to bring in your own packed lunch. You do need to buy lunch at Queen Alexandra College, so just be aware of all of that. But uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the exhibition. The reason why we're putting this episode of Brailcast out is because it talks about a couple of Braille displays, which you will be able to see at Site Village if you visit the Computer Room Services stand. Also in attendance will be Bristol Braille Technology and the Canute. If you want to have a look at the Canute, which will shortly be going back into production, you can do that. We'll also have Humanware for the Brilliant BI20X and 40X, the Mantis, the Braille Note Touch and all of those products. And Sight and Sound Technology will be there with the uh, BrailleSense 6, which we haven't talked about yet on this podcast. We'll talk about that on the podcast very soon. And also the Focus line of refreshable Braille displays. Speaking of the Focus Braille displays, we need to tell you about some discounts. You can get 20% off the Focus 14 Blue 5th Generation and the Focus 40 Blue 5th Generation. That means that the Focus 14 Blue is currently retailing for £925 exclusive of VAT. That's reduced from £1,295, whilst the Focus 40 Blue is on sale uh, for... £2,120 exclusive of VAT. Uh, That is reduced from £2,650. Those offers are available until the end of August. You can find them on the Sight & Sound website or you can call Sight & Sound on 01604 798070. The final thing to tell you about, going back to Site Village, is that the Braillists will be 
not in attendance at Site Village this year, sadly. Because of COVID, there's a limit on the number of stands that we can have, uh, so the Brailists won't be there. Bristol Braille will. However, the Brailists will be having a Braille and beer event after Site Village. That's on Tuesday, the 17th of August, and we don't exactly know what time it'll start, but probably somewhere around about 6pm. If Site Village closes at 5, we'll give Ed and uh, Steph Sargent some time to pack up the Bristol Braille stand and come down to see us at the old house at home. The old house at home is at 193 Lordswood Road in Harborn, Birmingham, and its postcode is B178QP. It's about 700 yards away from Queen Alexandra College with a bus stop just outside, which I think serves the number 11 bus, although I could be wrong about that. It's been a while since I've been to Birmingham. At the Braille and Beer event, we'll be doing all sorts of interesting things, including talking about Braille and assistive technology. Uh, If you've got a Braille display that you want to bring with you to show to other Braille enthusiasts, then by all means do that. We're hoping to have a Canute there. We're hoping to have an Orbit reader there and one or two other products. But also, if you're familiar with the Braillist's free equipment offer that we've been running, and if you're not familiar with that, you can find information by emailing equipment at braillists.org. Uh, that free equipment will be available at the Braille and Beer event. So if you'd like a free uh, slate and stylus or a free word forming block, come along to the old house at home and look for Steph and she will supply you with that equipment. She'll also be running some training in the use of the equipment. So if you have got a Braille slate and stylus or a word forming block or indeed some of the other equipment that we were giving out before we ran out of it, like abacuses, uh, by all means bring that along and Steph will be very happy to show you how to use it along with with other Brailleists colleagues that uh, may be in attendance. As well as the free equipment that the Brailleists are offering, you'll be aware that Steph works for Vision Through Sound CIC. In fact, she owns uh, Vision Through Sound CIC. And Vision Through Sound have been offered a donation of Perkins Brailleers thanks to Portsmouth Association for the Blind. So Portsmouth donated them. Bristol Braille Technology have helped uh, with some of the logistics of that and uh, will be taking expressions of interest for anybody that wants uh, a Perkins Brailler on free long-term loan um, at the pub as well. So these Brailers are not the property of the Brailers Foundation, they're the property of Vision Through Sound, but Steph has very generously agreed that Brailers patrons can take advantage of them. So do come along to the old house at home and register your interest in a free long-term loan Perkins or email equipment at brailers.org. I wonder how many listeners remember talks. The popular screen reader for Series 60 and other phones running the Symbian operating system first came to market in the early 2000s, and perhaps its most well-known proponent in the UK was Steve Nutt, the man behind Computer Room Services. His expertise when it comes to mobile phones is unparalleled and unfazed by the slow demise of Symbian. He's now just as well known for his knowledge of Android. There's more to Steve than phones, though. His company offers assistive technology training and consultancy, braille transcription, and sells a wide range of products including digital audio recorders, talking gadgets, talking book machines, speech synthesizers and other assistive software, and most notably for this podcast, an assortment of braille products. In addition to flagship displays from Visio Braille and ECs, He also sells the full range of leather cases from executive products, including a case for the popular Orbit Reader 20. 
I caught up with Steve back in February to find out more about the product line and the man behind it all. I started by asking him to describe his level of vision. So I'm completely blind um, and I have been from birth at really much, pretty much three months uh, in. And so I don't know anything else. I don't know colours or anything. I've got artificial eyes, so I've absolutely got no vision at all. Well, no sight, actually. Um, Stevie Wonder said, many have sight, but few have vision. I've never forgotten that. <laughs> and you're one of the rare ones, um, a bit like me. When they, There's a lot of people that say, oh, well, most, uh, most of us who say that we're blind have actually got some sight. And I always say I'm one of the statistics, one of the people that breaks the statistics because I haven't got anything. I haven't even got light perception. And, uh, and you'd be in the same camp, I guess. I'm exactly in the same camp, yeah. I've, I've never seen light, to my knowledge, to my memory, you know. So Braille would have been pretty key. Um, you know, I mean, I was taught Braille when I was about two or three. I guess you'd be the same. Exactly. Um, I was very lucky, in fact. Um, my mum sent me to a nursery, a day nursery in Hampstead when I was three. And there was a, a German lady there who was absolutely fantastic. And I remember her because we kept in touch as I got older. And she um, was sighted but she could read Braille as fast as I can uh, or as fast as many Braille readers can. And she didn't use her eyes. She used her fingers. You know, she was told never to look. And uh, she did it all with her fingers. And she was absolutely amazing. And she taught me Braille. And by the time I got to Linden Lodge, I was held back a bit because my mum didn't like the schools. Um, So I didn't go to school till I was seven. And so when I got to Linden Lodge, I was seven. I was reading at the age of a 10-year-old. And so on it went. So I was really lucky with Braille um, that I got a good grounding in it very, very early in life. Yeah, that is very important. And did your reading age sort of keep up? Because mine didn't. I had a similar experience. I was ahead of my time until I got into sort of secondary school. And then I started to lag behind a bit. And we never really identified the reason for that. No, um, mine was completely the opposite. Um, I kept, kept my speed up, my reading speed. Um, I won the RNIB reading competition they used to have twice uh, and they banned me after that. I think they wanted to let someone else win. <laughs> um, but Peter Bosher went to the same school as me, he went to Linden Lodge and he could read Braille very, very fast. And I think we were two of the you know, few that could read really fast in the country. Um, and I kept it up. I, I just love Braille um, and everything to do with it. And Braille then... Um, was with me in my job because I had to label things, files, um, label my pigeonhole and all kinds of things. And um, so without Braille, um, I don't think, although I can't be certain, I don't think I would have got my job. No. And what was that job? Because you're now um, computer room services and that's what everybody knows you for. But I guess if you had a pigeonhole, you wouldn't have always been at computer room services. Absolutely not. No. So when I first started... Um, I left RNC, I went to RNC and I left RNC in 1981, I left RNC and I pretty much three months after I left walked into a job and I was a typist uh, for an insurance company Um, and then I moved on from being a typist to a computer programmer and then I left the company, I got made redundant because they closed down the whole department in 1996 and then I thought, well, I can't just sit at home and do nothing because that's not me. And I was thinking about a, a company that I could set up and do training initially. It was mainly training 
on screen readers like in those days uh, vocal eyes and window eyes and things like that so i set up and i thought what can i call myself you know what can i call my company um, and in 1990 i had a bulletin board um, a bulletin board is where you dialed up and you logged in and you could download shareware programs uh, for your PC and you could message people and it had Newsnet, which is a news messaging service, you know, and things like that. And, and we used to service, you know, users could log into our bulletin board and read news, um, not just from us, but from all over the world. So it was really prior to the Internet. And um, the bulletin board at the time was called the computer room. Because you know, happened in the computer room. And um, when when I got made redundant and was thinking of setting up a company, I'm thinking, what am I going to call us, you know? And my wife said, well, why don't you call it computer room services? Because it all happens in the computer room. So we're back to where we were type of thing, you know? So that's why, and, and I mean, people think, we're, people think we're computer repairs and all kinds of things. I didn't want to be the seeing eye or the blind international type thing, you know, or the, you know, I, I am blind, look at me. I didn't want to be anything like that. I didn't want blind in the name as such, you know. So I thought, oh, it's me. I'm in the computer room. So computer room services it is. And I considered it more in them days to be consultancy, um, training consultancy, so on. Um, and then I branched out because I found some goods in America that weren't sold in the UK. Um, specifically from Ann Morris Enterprises, which was a company in the U US. And uh, I started buying in bulk from them and from Speak to Me catalog and, and various things like that. And these really weird talking things that weren't available in the UK. And now I've branched out and, you know, those are really cheapy things that we used to buy just for kind of novelty things to sell. And now um, we have something like 180 different products on the website and some of those are braille displays uh, so we sell braille displays from two companies euro braille and uh, now visio braille and i'm proud to be um, a distributor of visio braille because i think they're some of the best hardware in the world yeah so visio braille for people who don't know is the new name for baum so this these are the vario ultra the vario ultra line of displays and uh, i remember when Baum went into administration and stopped selling them. And I remember thinking, oh, how I wish I'd have bought one before they went into administration because I really, really, really wanted one. Um, so I, mean, I was really, really pleased to see these machines back on the market and, uh, you know, repair and support for the existing ones. Um, I could wax lyrical about these all day, but I mean, what's the sales pitch? Why would people want to buy a Vario Ultra display over any of the others on the market? I think the main one for me personally, and I don't know how you feel, Matthew, because you've had that you've seen them, is that they feel just like paper. So they don't feel like plastic cells. They don't feel like metal cells. They, they feel almost like reading paper. So I find that Braille reading is so fluid on those things. And um, literally, the other thing is every key almost is assignable, reassignable. So if you don't like what a key does, you can literally reassign it. Um, every command is almost reassignable because they have key maps and you can make your own key maps and everything's done with XML files. So they're very quite easy to change because they're kind of text based files. But the note takers good, you know, it, it doesn't do they don't do Internet things. They don't do email and stuff like that. They expect you to do that with your phone. But what's great about the Vario Ultras particularly is 
that you can have up to four Bluetooth devices um, and switch between those devices. So if you've got an iPhone and an Android phone and both of them have Bluetooth switched on with a single keystroke, you can switch between those two devices, write something down in that device, switch back to the other device and so on. And then you can switch to his internal note taker. Of all, it can take up to five connections. So you can have four, four Bluetooth and one USB. So USB is for screen readers on the PC like JAWS, NVDA, Supernova, all of those. And it supports all of those. Um, and you can switch between USB and PC as well. So if you've got it plugged into a PC, you can, with a single keystroke, switch back to your iPhone or your Android phone, type something into that device, and then switch back to your PC. And then you've got a switch on the side, and that switches between Braille display mode and note taker mode. And with a single switch, there's no keys to remember. You can switch it back to the internal note taker and take something down on that. So there's an absolute plethora of ways that you can make notes on that thing. Yeah, this is really, really powerful. And the note taker, I remember when I saw it, I mean, these devices have been around since what? I want to say sort of 2016. It might even be before then. But I mean, even, you know, even now, I would say the note taker is very ahead of its time compared to where other braille displays are at and it was i mean it was miles ahead back then um just remind me it can take word files can't it what what else can it take it can read pdfs it has a pdf viewer it has an excel viewer as well so it can read excel files powerpoint um it can read the slides and powerpoint slides and things like that does all that stuff um and of course you, you can connect it to all these other devices so if you can't read it on, on its own device, you can read it on a phone or a, a PC as well. And they're so thin and light, aren't they, Matthew, as well? They are gorgeous. And thin um, thin in terms of, of thickness, but also not very deep. So, you know, this is note-taker features in a Braille display form factor. So it's significantly um, shallower front to back than a Braille note touch or a Braille sense would be. Yes. Yeah. The other thing I really like, Matthew, is I, I don't know if you like it because this is like Marmite. Some people love it and some people would hate it. But the dots one and the dot four keys are a little bit forward. So if you put your hands, if you put your index fingers on dots four and dots one, your your thumbs land on the space and the command key, you know, so your fingers are ergonomically placed on the right keys immediately. It's so well designed. Um I could go on all day about it, but it, it, you know, it's just a beautiful device. And I have, um, I've, my wife's got the 20 uh, and I've got the 40. Um, I've primarily got the 40 because I do Braille transcription. So I actually want to see uh, the layout of a Braille page, if you know what I mean. So I need the extra cells, but my wife's got the 20 and they're both absolutely beautiful. Uh, just on the ergonomics of the keyboard, a question that sometimes comes up, and, and again, it's it's a Marmite thing. Um, the space bars, those are at the bottom of the display, right? So there's the, the keyboard at the top and the space bar at the bottom. Yeah. And do they work in mass storage mode? Because one of the things that I... Uh, I don't want to say hate about Braille on Windows, but I think I probably do, really. It's so cluttered because Windows is such a visual operating system, so you've got to convey so much information. And so sometimes, actually, what I want to do is, uh, you know, even if I'm working on a document um, in Windows, 
I might want to copy it to the note taker and read that document in standalone mode just so that I can avoid all the extraneous information that Windows wants to give me. How easy is that to do? Dead easy. So first of all, it's got 32 gig of internal memory, and that's a hell of a lot of Braille. And also it has uh, a USB socket on the left-hand side, USB-A socket, so you can plug a USB cable directly into it, which means that you can plug in hard drives, memory cards. Um, it doesn't have a memory card slot, but I've certainly plugged in a memory card reader into it with success, you know, without any problem at all. And, and so it does. It has storage on board and you can also plug into USB. And you can run that storage presumably at the same time as you're using the Braille display in Braille display mode. Could I um, use, let's say I've got a portable copy of NVDA. Could I copy a portable copy of NVDA to the Braille display? Uh, so if I'm going out to a friend's house who hasn't got, speech um i can plug the braille display in run the portable copy of nvda and use the braille display at the same time to be honest i've never tried it but i, I really don't see why that wouldn't work i mean the, the key is whether you have to put it into a special mode or no, not you if, don't. if it's no. if, if you've always got access to the internal memory irrespective of whether the braille display is in operation or not then you really should be able to do that, shouldn't you? I think you could do that. So this makes it really straightforward. Going back to the, the note taker point, I could be working on a document, save it directly to the internal memory, go into note taker mode, read it, figure out where, you know, where the mistakes are. And this thing's whisper quiet as well, isn't it? So you could use this quite easily for voice work or broadcast work or um, reading the readings in church even. You know, <laughs> the sky's the limit with this. The other thing, Matthew, that I know other Braille displays can do this, but the other thing it does very nicely is you can write something in your note taker and you can copy it to the clipboard of the internal note taker and then you can squirt it down to your iPhone uh, or your Android phone, right? So if you didn't like Braille on Apple or if you didn't like Braille on, on Google or Android or anything like that, if you didn't like the way it worked, the command structure, you could write your message, your text message in your internal note taker then you could open up your um, iDevice or Android, go into messaging, go into new message, and then you could squirt that information from the internal note taker down. All in one big chunk. Yeah, you could type it in a comfortable environment, if that makes sense. Right, and you can do all of the editing in the note taker using the comfortable note taker commands, so you haven't got to learn a separate set of editing commands for iOS or Android. Exactly that. And then it's effectively like control A, control C, and then control V almost, you know, straight into your PC or your note taker. You, you can squirt it down to any connected device, basically. And is that UEB, SEB? How customizable is all of that? It's UK, uh, it's SEB, UEB, so you can do UEB, US Braille. Um, yes, but, but certainly it's U, it comes UEB by default. And the firmware is, you mentioned earlier on, the firmware is being upgraded again now. So presumably that means that it will be able to keep up. If there are problems with the Braille tables, they'll get fixed. If there are changes to UEB, those will get implemented. Yes, they use the LibLewis tables. And I think they've been updated recently. And what's that process like? Because um, one, uh, one of the criticisms of other Braille displays is that you have to have a Windows-based PC in order to upgrade the firmware. Is that the same for the Vario Ultra line? No, there's no reason you couldn't download the firmware. Because what you do is you download the firmware and you copy it to the internal memory. 
uh, as a zip file and then you go into the utilities section and hit upgrade and away it goes so yeah that could be done on literally anything i'd have thought yeah and you can upgrade it from a usb stick as well um so you're selling new vario ultras you're not selling you know reconditioned ones or anything like these are these are brand new devices are there any differences now between the hardware that you're selling now and the hardware that baum sold in you know 2017 2018 before it went into administration yes there is actually one difference and that is that they have now gone to USB-C rather than micro USB for charging. And if you have a 2016 Vario, um, we can upgrade it from micro USB to USB-C for £200. And that, that's one of the important things um, to let you know that we, I, I have an engineer, he's a good friend of mine. Um, he taught me most of what I know about computers years ago. And he's now working for me on an ad hoc basis um, and he does all my repairs um, to my Braille devices. And he jumped onto Zoom and he had a two hour session with a Visio Braille um, engineer. And he is now certified to repair USB uh, uh, Visio Braille devices. That's brilliant. So what's that repair timeline then? Because, I mean, presumably quite quick. Yeah, Chris lives in Stevenage. Uh, I live in Stevenage. Chris is 10 minutes down the road from me in the car. So if we get one in, um, provided we've got the parts, we've got some parts, um, he can pick it up and usually bring it back next day. Oh, fantastic. So for, for the customer, that's sort of what, two to three days? Yeah, two, three days. We usually say about a week. And because of that, on the back of that, because it's Baum, or it used to be Baum, we can also service the Cuminware Type Connects and things like that because they're so similar in terms of the batteries are the same and all kinds of things like that. You know, the cells are the same. That's really brilliant. So uh, the, the the less exciting news, um, how much are we talking about for these devices? Because they are very premium devices, aren't they? Right. So the Vero Ultra 20 is two £2,635. £4,920 is for the uh, 40. Okay, and it's it's just in 20 and 40 configurations. I mean, that's expensive enough. I wouldn't want to pay any more for... Uh, it is for... expensive, but I will say you, you do get what you pay for, don't you? Wouldn't you say that? Oh, you really do. Um, and, and the after-sales support and the... I mean, even, you know, down to... It, it looks professional. It comes in a professional case. Um, you know, everything about it is is very premium. Yeah, it comes in a wearable case, doesn't it? So you can wear it around your neck and use it while the case is open. And that's probably something that I'd want to highlight, actually, is that we are talking, I mean, it's expensive for a Braille display, but it can do a lot of things that note takers can do, as we've said, you know, other than the internet and things like that. So um, we're really, if you look at it more in terms of the price of a note taker, um, it's probably a fair price to pay, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. And I mean, it, I, I can't say, I mean, obviously you can't convey this on a podcast, but I can't say strongly enough the reading experience is such a pleasure. And they last a long time. They do last a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've recently serviced one. I think she's had it since 2017. And all it was was the battery was gone and about four cells had got weak. So, you know, she was happy to pay for those cells to be changed and she's happy again. So 
Moving to the other um, substantial range of Braille products that you sell um, for people that perhaps don't want all the bells and whistles that the uh, Vario Ultra has got, you sell the ESIS range of Braille displays. Perhaps you could talk a bit about those. Yeah, so the the, the smallest ESIS um, Braille display is the ESIS 12, um, and that, as it suggests, is a 12-cell Braille display. And that is £975. So it's just a little bit more expensive than the Orbit range, for example, and things like that. And that is a um, it's a, basic, a very basic note taker. It lets you search. It lets you take notes. It's got a micro SD card in it, so it's got storage. But it also connects to screen readers such as JAWS, Windows, Supernova, so on. And um, it's Bluetooth as well, so it connects your iPhone and to your Android. All of these is the same except for length. So you've got the 12, 24, 40, 64 and 80. And um, those those are um, exactly the same. So they 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 have the basic note taker, but they also have the connectivity to Android, to iPhone, to whatever. But you can only have one single connection on those. You can't switch between um you know, two or three Android and iPhone and different things. You'd have to pair each one, make sure the other was off when you turned one on, if you know what I mean, and things like that. Um, so they're, they're much simpler devices. And then Eurobrail have their more expensive device, which is called the Easy Time. And Easy Time is interesting. It's a built, it's a laptop. Um, it's basically a laptop with a built in Braille display. So the Braille display is uh, 32 characters, has 32 routing keys, cursor routing keys, normal routing keys, and so on. Has joysticks. All of the ESIS range have two joysticks, left and right, and they go up, down, left, right, and you push them in. And they also have thumb wheels, so you can scroll with your thumbs uh, either side, so you can use either hand for scrolling. And um, the easy time... Uh, that doesn't have thumb wheels. It does have the joysticks, but it doesn't have thumb wheels. It has proper scrolling keys. It has buttons. and But they also, the easy time, has alt, shift, control, and tab on. So you can do things like alt, tab, and so on. And combinations of those will give you windows and right click and things like that. So it's actually a, a full-blown Windows 10 laptop. Um, it has uh, 120 gig solid state drive on it um it has um eight gig of memory and it comes with nvda and of course narrator because that's built into windows and um it comes with its own suite of applications which is like its equivalent of a note taker which is uh, easy suite and that has various things like calculators and note takers and things like that what makes easy suite a very interesting note taker is that it can handle music braille. Now, I don't know many note takers at all that can do anything with music braille other than you type it. But this, you can type into it music braille and then you can have it play it back to you from MIDI. So the, 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 the PC, because the PC is Windows 10, it has MIDI. So you can have it playing it back on a piano for you. Yeah, and you can export it to XML, so you can print it out for a sighted person as well, um, and all kinds of things. And it supports maths braille as well, so you can use MathML and things like that. So that that is really quite an advanced note taker. And the advantage of the 
easy time over, for example, the Brownout Touch is that you're on Windows 10. And my one is currently on the latest version of Windows 10. Um, I think it's October last year. And um, so you don't have to wait for the manufacturer to update it. You're getting your upgrades from Microsoft. The, all, all that uh, uh, Eurobro have to update is EasySuite and the, and the Braille drivers, you know. And that supports JAWS, NVDA, Supernova. And you can run any of those screen readers. In fact, I've got all of them on on the on the device because it's got 120 gig ssd drive on it so my demo unit has got supernova on it it's got um, mvda on it narrator on it and it's also got jaws on it and they all support braille with it works with it as well it comes by default in the easy suite applications so it automatically starts up in easy suite but once you're more advanced you can come out to windows and you can use it as a, a, a basic you know as a, as a windows 10 device also has HDMI and ports so you can plug it into a monitor. That means that sighted people can watch what you're typing when you're typing Braille. Um, more importantly, um, as you type Braille, you get the translated Braille font on the screen, but you also get a back translation of the printed version. So the sighted teacher slash student doesn't need to know um, Braille to actually know that you're typing it correctly. So that's really good. So again, that's another fairly unique note taker in 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 the uh, in in the scheme of things. I mean, the the software is unique. I mean, they could make a lot of money just by selling the Easy Suite just for its MathML and its music support. They do. Yeah, you can actually buy the Easy Suite software, and you can use that, you know, with a PC. But if you've got a ESIS Braille display of any kind, say the ESIS twelve or the twenty four or the forty eight or the whatever you can actually use easy suite with that braille display as well um if we just sort of take a step back and talk about form factor you're talking about a windows 10 laptop and i can understand why you're talking about a windows 10 laptop um is it actually a laptop i mean we're, we're presumably it's got a braille keyboard and it hasn't got a monitor so presumably it's actually a bit smaller than a laptop Yes, it, it is a little bit smaller than a laptop, but it does feel like a laptop in many respects. For, for example, the battery is user replaceable. You can literally clip it off just like you can a laptop battery. You know, and you know a lot of laptops have two, two clips over the sides and you can just pull them apart and take the battery off. Yeah, well, it, it works the same way. It's a standard laptop battery. So apparently it's an Asus laptop where they've taken out the keyboard um and all that but they've just put in a braille display in it okay uh and and presumably taken the monitor off so does it have a lid no there's no lid it's just just the laptop and the, the top that the whole top of it is taken with the keys and the the braille cells it comes with a hard case i was just going to say about the case so it's a hard case can you use it in the case well yes and no um on a table you could but you couldn't wear it so in other words, you could lift the lid of the case and use it, but you couldn't you couldn't put the case on you. It's a hard case. But still, I mean, immensely portable. Uh, I, I imagine that would fit into what a 13 inch laptop sort of um, form factor. Easily. Yeah, probably about 10 inches long, if that. So you could slip it in your bag and take it on the train and use it as a laptop replacement because it is a Windows 10 machine. And Presumably, if it's an Asus laptop, that means that components can be upgraded to a certain extent. I mean, you might be able to put some extra RAM in it if you wanted to. 
yeah, we can put more memory in it. We can put bigger, bigger solid state hard drive in it and so as you know. So uh, again, the, the pricing question, uh, the ESIS range starts at 975 for the 12 cell display. For the 12 um, and then the, the, the most expensive is the easy time and that's 4995. Um, the 24 is 1695. Okay, and have we got the price for the 40? £2,075. So that's actually quite competitive. That's about what you'd expect to pay for a 40-cell display, I would think, really. Well, Steve, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. It's been a, a pleasure talking to you. It sounds like you really know your products and that that would be a real advantage if somebody wanted to purchase one of them is that they'd get really knowledgeable, uh, in-depth you know, user support and sales and, and all of that sort of thing. If they did want to contact you and, and put in an order or maybe ask for some more information, how do they go about doing that? Well, you can order in several ways. You can order online. You can order at www.comproom.co.uk. But if you want to talk to me about any of the devices, any of the displays and the pros and cons and, you know, in your own use case, then by all means, give me a ring 014374. 2286 that's 01438742286 and we'd be very happy to talk to you i'm it's not only me but my wife is also a a brailleist and uh, she's been blind from birth as well so you know we'd be either of us both happy to help steve nutt from computer room services and all of those contact details can be found in the show notes that's it for this episode of Brailcast. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget, of course, Braille and Beer tonight, Tuesday the 17th of August at 6pm at the Old House at Home. And with that, Brailcast will return to its holiday. We will be back with you on Monday the 13th of September with the archive of the Using Braille on the Internet Masterclass. Don't forget if you want to come to that live, that's on Tuesday the 7th of September. And then on the 20th of September, we'll get back to the interviews that you all know and love. So thanks very much for listening and enjoy the rest of your summer. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brailcast, the official podcast of the Brailists Foundation. You can find more Braille-related content by subscribing to Brailcast, all one word, in your podcast client of choice. Or listening to Brailcast, connecting the dots for Brailists everywhere on your smart speaker. You can also find past episodes on our website at brailcast.com. If you have comments on the podcast or suggestions of topics or guests for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at braylists.org. You can also find the Braylists on Twitter at Braylists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. New listeners are always welcome. So if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at the Braillists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.